Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Kelsey Zeiser. I'm an editor at Light Reading. Hi, I'm Suzanne Schnars. I'm a senior manager at Verizon Wireless. Thanks for joining us, Sue. So glad to have you here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. Uh, So Sue and I met through Raylan Thomas, uh, who was on the podcast as well and spoke at our Big 5G event. So glad that she made that introduction for us. Um, Before we dive into the questions, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Verizon. Sure. I'd love to do that. Well, um, personally, I am a mom of a 17-year-old daughter, um, so she's getting ready to head off to college next year. So that's an exciting time in all of our lives. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I am a pet enthusiast. Um, I love to work out in the mornings, um, hobbies, gardening, and stuff like that. Um, as far as my career, I've been with Verizon now for 13 years, I think coming up this November. Um, eight different roles since I joined in 2002. As I mentioned earlier, um, a senior manager for the in-building and venue PMO. And uh, I am lucky because I have the privilege of leading a team of project managers that are responsible for uh, integrating new technology into our networks. Um, that new technology can be any new product or service. Um, it can be either on our core network or a RAN network, can be related to either physical or virtual elements. And uh, what makes this job like so exciting for me is that sometimes it can be like all of those things in one project, right? <laughs> so, um, you know, those projects can be exciting, um, certainly challenging, right. but I will tell you, it's like never dull. Um, things are certainly fast paced. And I have a privilege of, of being able to work with so many cross-functional teams and a lot of our vendor partners. So it's, it's just been a fantastic ride. So I love what I do with, yeah. in a nutshell. <laughs> That's great. And it sounds like you wear a lot of hats and, uh, you know, definitely um, keeps you on your toes. I imagine. Oh, it does. It does. It's never, it's not, there's never a slow moment. There's always something to do, right? Yeah. Well, that's really exciting. Um, well, tell us a little bit about that team um, that you, that you work with and you're in charge of. Um, what are some of the most interesting use cases you support? Um, offline, you and I spoke a little bit about uh, mm-hmm. working on charging stations, supporting recovery efforts, assisting rural areas. You do it all. <laughs> So what are, what are some of um, the most exciting things that you're working on? Well, I, I'd probably start that with saying, you know, aside from providing the best wireless network for our customers, <laughs> right? That's, we do that every day, right? So um, I think probably what I'm going to focus on, and it's, it's basically, it's because one of the things that is, is really close to my heart is, is our Verizon's efforts in terms of recovery, right? So, you know, just so many issues going on today between the wildfires out West, you know, what happened with Hurricane Ida, not only the devastation, you know, down South, but as that traveled up, you know, all the, all the water damage and stuff that impacted even areas like in New Jersey, where I live. So I think what's really important for me is that we, you know, we have a credo that, that states we run to a crisis and we work 24 seven because our customers depend on us 24 seven. And that is something that I truly embrace. And it's, it's really something I'm totally committed to. And as an equipment engineer for Verizon, I was boots on the ground to support recovery efforts in, in New Jersey after Sandy. Um, as an RF engineer, I was building deplo- uh, portable assets, you know, that are sent to the field to support recovery efforts. I build and, and construct cell sites that um, allow our customers to communicate and specifically to the role I'm in now, 
this new technology will continue to support, you know, all those efforts that I mentioned. But not only that, it's laying the groundwork for endless possibilities that, you know, are limited only by, you know, our imagination and what we can layer on top of that technology, which, you know, as 5G is is the promise of a digital world, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think because there is, we are so driven by communication. It's a lifeline to like family, to school, to work. The new technologies that we integrate are going to provide that communication that's necessary, it's vital, um, but it also gives that platform for some incredible applications that are that are yet to come. So, you know, any of that technology just assists in, in some of those things that I mentioned, especially recovery, right? It's just, it continues to provide the network that our customers count on. And it's not, it's not just the customer base, right? It's you know, it's the first responders, it's it's the firefighters that are dealing with those wildfires out West. So, you know, that's that's what really drives home for me how important the work we do is and, and really our support for those folks out on the front line supporting, mm-hmm. you know, the rest of the world in these types of situations. Yeah. What are uh, some of the biggest challenges? I'm sure there are many <laughs> with helping mm. uh, with those recovery efforts and, and being there to um, support, you know, you mentioned first responders, for example. Um, what are what are some of the barriers there? I mean, I'm, I imagine even getting to lo- those locations might be difficult. Um, finding the right people to work with. Uh, what do you kind of come across in that process? Yeah, I mean, I think in any of those situations, right, one of the first things that you can see, even from the newscast, right, is that there's a lot of um, chaos, right? It's people are displaced. There's a lot of things going on. People are worried for their friends, their, you know, their residencies, stuff like that, right? So there's a lot of, um, you know, organizational things that you need to try to get through. Um, So one of the challenges that we face with kind of getting our services to the right places where people can utilize them and help bring order to that chaos, right? As you said, is first establishing, you know, who we need to work with. We have a great team of um, like folks that strictly their job is to reach out to make sure we have the necessary equipment on the ground and you know, whether it's providing devices um, to help first responders, right? Um, Or making sure that the network has the capacity for those specific locations. You mentioned, obviously, challenges in location, right? Obviously, wildfires don't start where we have cell towers, right? So it's going to be in remote (laughs) locations. So, you know, we have already a challenge there. Yes, for sure. We have have those portable assets that can roll out to those locations. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we have, we have a very new one that we just, um, we just built, which is called Thor. And it's really like a urban tactical vehicle that we can roll out to these sites. So what's great great about that is we really have the assets to get to where the people need it the most. So Mm -hmm. I think, like you said, a lot of our stuff that, you know, you see out in the field today, cell towers and all that good stuff, you know, there's physical locations and they're stationary, right? Defining um, our ability to get to those remote locations and that, that location is constantly changing, right? So it's, mm-hmm. it's being able to move with, with whatever situation is arising and how it's, it's sort of progressing and developing over time. So yeah, that continues to definitely be a challenge and the wireless connectivity that we provide, you know, uh, requires some connectivity back to our network, right? So mm-hmm. it's making sure that we have that connectivity once we roll those assets to 
whoever and wherever they need to be. So, right. But we yeah. continue to do it and do it well. We have a lot of those assets. So uh, there's probably quite a few of them out in the field right now supporting those efforts I mentioned earlier between Ida and, and the fires out West. So, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure people really appreciate that. And, um, you know, it's, you don't um, realize how important it is until you miss it. I remember being Mm -hmm. trying to drive home in a snowstorm. This was years ago and couldn't get um, self-service because everyone was trying to contact their families and everything. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of scary being in the car and trying to get home and not being able to, um, to call anyone and let them know where I was. So um, yeah, those, those are really important. Um, And also to um, support those first responders who are on the ground and and trying to get things back to some level of normalcy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I know your team also does some work um, in, uh, I suppose, rural or or underserved areas. Um, What is your team doing to address the digital divide? You also mentioned, you know, helping with schools and and things have been a little bit Mm -hmm. crazy with the pandemic and, you know, learning from home. So I imagine that's that's another factor, too, is helping kids that maybe didn't have um, Internet access at home before. Um, So tell us a little bit about efforts around the digital divide. Sure. Um, I think personally and, and professionally, right, the, the digital divide is is something that will, I think, only serve to benefit all of humanity, right? I, I recently watched a news story the other day um, when I was at the gym, and it was a story about a, a father and a son who, um, you know, the father worked remotely, obviously, due to the pandemic. The son was in a remote learning environment as well, and every day they would wake up, get in their car and drive to try to get some type of connectivity so the son could continue to learn remotely and so the dad could actually do his work. And oh my God, it was heartbreaking to see this, right? Because they lived in an area, I mean, it wasn't extremely rural, but where they lived, you know, they were just blocks away from where the last mile was for internet connectivity. So they were unfortunately forced to leave their homes every day to try to catch up with work and school. And when you hear the son mention that he'd missed an assignment um, because he didn't have that connectivity, it's just, you know, knowing that the work I'm doing is, is putting the technology and the wireless connectivity out to our country um, to help those kids, you know, learn and to help those parents who are working remotely continue to do the jobs that they do and continue to learn um, it's just really important for us to continue to push to close that gap. Um, I always feel that, you know, when you think about all the kids that that don't have access, and this is especially something I'm passionate about, is that you never know where that next big idea is going to come from. And when we limit access to technology, we could be stifling and preventing those next big ideas, right? And I believe innovation comes from everywhere, you know, everything around you every day and, and, and not having that access and not being able to innovate and create um, is just so important for us to end that. Right. And so every time we get a new solution out in the field, I know that's just continuing not only the the efforts that Verizon takes, because obviously we we have we have a lot of efforts underway to kind of close that gap, but that every time I get a new solution implemented into the network, that's continuing to help those folks connect. So, you know, 
obviously when you when you're in the process it's it's difficult to see but when you see these human stories coming back of folks that are connected or you know schools that now have connectivity where they didn't before or you know some of the efforts Verizon is undertaking to help those schools uh, get connectivity. You see the the kids experiencing, you know, being able to turn on laptops and connect to the internet. That's where you start to see all that hard work come to fruition and really appreciate and understand that the work you do is is important on so many levels. So it's, um, you know, every tech, everything that we do is, is really helping to close that gap. So that's why it's so important and, and brings me such joy to continue to be able to be a part of that and, and watch how it impacts our customers and the schools and, and, you know, the moms and dads that are working remotely as well. Yeah, that's, that's a really interesting perspective and something I hadn't honestly thought as much about, um, you know, I'd always thought about the digital divide and just sort of um, leveling the playing field, but you're right. It, it also opens the door to who knows um, if these kids will be the next um, CEO of an important mm-hmm. company that, you know, figures out the climate crisis or something like that. So exactly. um, yeah, it's, it's, it's much bigger. Um, also wanted to uh, kind of circle back to, you mentioned in the beginning how your team is um, working on um kind of developing and and putting new technologies into Verizon's network, which I imagine is really um, exciting and interesting, but also, again, really challenging to make sure everything works together, especially when you've got kind of old parts and new parts coming together Mm -hmm. um, in some brownfield environments. So what are some of the challenges your team is addressing and integrating those new technologies? I imagine vendor interoperability might be one of them. What are Mm -hmm. your thoughts there? Yeah, I think, you know, it's exciting, right? Because you're working on all this cutting edge technology, right? Obviously, 5G ultra wideband is, is a lot of the stuff that we're doing today. Um, and, and it, like I said, it creates possibilities, right? So that's that's what keeps us moving forward. That's what keeps us going in terms of momentum. But as you mentioned, you know, integrating new cutting edge technology is not without its challenges, and that's for sure. Um, some of the things that we see are really typical to project management, like when you talk about, you know, standard project management milestones. So, you know, hitting our goals and, and hitting our deliverables, obviously, is, is a big one. Um, you know, that's, I think, why we probably have so many um, softwares available to allow us to update timelines, because that's something we are constantly <laughs> talking about. Um, you know, you f- sometimes find that, uh, you know, pushing this out or something slipping becomes kind of standard words that you're using on a daily basis, but you hope that that is not often the case. So, (laughs) I mean, a lot of that stems from, you know, you might get additional requirements uh, during the integration process, right? It was something that maybe was not accounted for initially. Um, And, you, you know, you always hope that you have the best plan in place, but, you know, we have to be agile enough where we're able to adapt and incorporate some new requirements. And obviously that's gonna add to the project, right? You know, when you kind of lay things out, you know exactly what you're supposed to do and and how long those things are gonna take. And then obviously it's, you know, scope creep, right? So you're adding in additional requirements and and things have to change based on that. Um, As you mentioned, you know, interoperability, obviously we have a very mature network and obviously when you're plugging new things in, you know, fingers crossed, you don't break anything, Um, but it happens, right? You plug stuff in and maybe there's an unexpected outcome that nobody was accounting (laughs) for. So, 
you kind of have to learn to work around those things. And that's, you know, mm -hmm. that's pretty much on a daily basis, but that's why we are, you know, so stringent on how we step through the process, uh, you know, as a network organization, right. We make sure that we follow, you know, uh, lab testing, we do an FOA to make sure that after we see what, how it performs in the lab, what is it going to do when we put it out in the field in a limited environment, right? And, you know, we're looking at all types of things like tool integration and making sure from a security perspective that anything that we deploy is is not only secure for our customers, but secure for our, ne and our network as well. And, um, you know, we have to make sure, like you said, that all those various boxes out there are going to play well together. And, and, you know, it's a lot of different vendors out there. So, you know, they all interpret software and standards differently. So we just have to make sure that everybody plays well in the sandbox. So that's, that's just a constant with the, with the job that we have. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, I find that you learn a lot from those types of experiences, um, I can be positive about that when you're on the other side of that learning right. experience. Maybe <laughs> when you're in the middle of that learning experience, not the best time. So <laughs> those can drag on for a little bit, but you know, it's, it's gratifying when you get to the end of it and you see, you know, what you've accomplished. And it, this is a very young network in terms of like the 5G stuff that we're doing. So, you mm -hmm. know, it's not without its, um, it, you know, without its challenges. So, you know, we just continue to, to push along and, and we have some really smart people working with us and, and we're getting better every day at what we do. So, yeah. Whew, that's a lot to manage. I know. <laughs> when you lay it all out like that. I just keep smiling or fake smiling, right? Fake right. smile till you make it. Keep on swimming. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, I know you've had um, a lot of uh, different roles at Verizon and you've been there for, uh, but I think you said about 13 years. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. What's your advice to other women in the industry who might want to follow a, sim a similar career path as yours and hopefully lead their own team someday. Um, do you have any professional advice that you can share? Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you asked me this question because I think my thoughts are more general and I think mm -hmm. this could apply to any career that any woman is looking for, any, even any person, matter of factly, but I find that for me, some of my, like some of my biggest jumps and some of my biggest progressions have been when I have actually taken the time to recognize that I have what it takes to do the job. Right. I'm, you know, they talk a lot about imposter syndrome and I, I mm -hmm. think I, you know, definitely had, had some of that I had to deal with, but taking a step back and just being able to say, I have what it takes to do this job. Mm -hmm. Um, this particular field, telecommunications, is is technically complicated. You know, it's changing so quickly that everyone has, I think, value and expertise, and we have to appreciate the unique perspectives that we all bring because sometimes it might not be, you know, somebody that has just had years and years of experience with, say, virtual deployments, right? Somebody who came from a different background might bring a different point of view or a different perspective that that could benefit us. And I think we need to be accepting of all those points of views, right? So, you know, don't count yourself out if you feel that you are not as technically um, savvy as the next person, because I think, mm -hmm. you know, as I mentioned, everybody has value. Um, I personally rely on my strengths. Um, I'm 
a big embracer of learning as you go. And I certainly recognize that I am not going to know everything all the time because honestly, you know, you close your laptop one evening and then before you know it, you open it up the next morning. <laughs> so many things have changed. So <laughs> it is impossible. There's just so much information and so many things to learn out there. You just have to accept that, you know, take the time to learn and, and give yourself the grace to do so. Um, I've also become a lot better at recognizing that I will make mistakes, right? So right. Um, they're coming. Uh, it's just a matter of time. It, you know, they may become less frequent. Uh, there may be, may be more space between them, but I am, I am more forgiving for myself when I make those mistakes. And I find that it is also like the greatest moments for me to learn uh, too, and, you know, recover quickly. So, you know, just accept that they're coming and take a deep breath and, you know, keep moving. Mm -hmm. Um, I try to be patient with myself. I try to give myself time to learn my new role and I would encourage everybody else to do the same. You will not come in going a hundred miles an hour, right? You just right. have mm -hmm. to give your time grace to, to, you know, ramp up. Mm -hmm. Um, when I think one of the best things that I've done is, is support other women too, like in whatever role they choose. And, you know, we have a, even though we're a technology company, we do, we do, you know, we have a marketing team, we have a um, human resources team. I've had an established connections with multiple women all throughout the organization. You know, we have, we have a um, health and wellness center and, you know, I've established some partnerships with some folks down there. Right. And, and I continue to support those women and all those different avenues and different organizations within our, our company too. And it's, you know, giving back to them and helping them uh, grow and, you know, maybe hopefully avoid some of the mistakes I made or providing the support <laughs> that they need when they're in a tough situation, really, mm -hmm. it's helped me. And, you know, it's kind of given me that network of folks that are, you know, there to kind of lift me up when I'm not having the best of days. Right. So um, <laughs> that that has really been beneficial for me, too, is just supporting other women. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's really important. That's, um, you hit on a few things that we discussed um, in Denver a few weeks ago at our big 5G event mm -hmm. uh, during our women in comms uh, workshop there about um, supporting other women. And um, sometimes in, in the past, I think there's been this um, tendency for women to um, maybe not in a um, maybe they're not meaning to, but, you know, kind of tearing each other down a little bit, um, thinking that there are only so many spots available. But one thing that was discussed at this workshop was that there are plenty of seats at the table. Um, sure. And it's really better for everyone when we lift each other up. So that's great that you have some different networks of women um, mm -hmm. within Verizon that you can tap. Um, and speaking of uh, networking, are there any um, networking programs or initiatives or um, anything around mentoring or STEM that you um, would recommend to our listeners to take a look into or just that have been beneficial uh, for your career? Mm -hmm. Specifically to Verizon, we we had a, well, we still have, I should say, it's still in progress. It took a bit of a hiatus due to the pandemic, but I was lucky to be um, a participant in the first session of Women of the World. Um, it was called WOW. Um, that was <laughs> I fantastic. Like I know. <laughs> I got a great WOW t-shirt. I was, you know, gonna, I was just about yeah. to say, I feel like you could make some really cool t-shirts, so I'm glad that you have one. <laughs> um, it was, I have to say 
you know, we've had a couple things that we've done internally to support women. This program was by far the best I have ever seen. And I have walked away with, you know, not only lifelong friends, but, you know, two years later, I believe it was 2019 because we were pre-pandemic. Um, I am still, I think bi-weekly, we still, we still have meetings where we're, you know, either talking to each other, just catching up, you know, on a personal level. Um, a few of us have switched roles and there's that constant, like, you got this, or I definitely think you should go, <laughs> you know, go for that job. Like, don't mm-hmm. be afraid, be brave. So those have been, that has been a great experience for me. I, unfortunately, that's just internally within Verizon, but I'm sure there's, you know, other organizations out there that have similar type of, of initiatives. Mm-hmm. Um, STEM, on the other hand, and I'm probably going to bore you to tears with this because this, I am so passionate about this because I feel like I just got hooked. And when you start to see um, the results of those efforts, I'm, I'm telling you, it's like, a, it's like a bad addiction for me. And <laughs> Well, sounds like a good addiction. I know. I'm trying to balance that, you know, my work, the work that I have to do with some of the, you know, the volunteer stuff. So I would love to share with you um, some of the organizations and also for me, why it's so important, right? And I mentioned earlier, I have a 17 year old daughter and we are at that stage where we're talking about, you know, where she plans on going to college and, you know, what her future holds for her. And you know, I talked to her about some of the experiences that I've had in my career and at Verizon. And I kind of thought to myself, hey, she's, you know, she could, she's not my only audience here, right? Like I, I could share this with, with other folks as well. You know, and a lot of times too, she's always rolling her eyes at me. So I thought, well, maybe I'll share this with somebody that's slightly more appreciative. The <laughs> well, the nice thing about the podcast is you can't see if anyone's <laughs> rolling their eyes. <laughs> Um, and like one of the things that, like I mentioned is why it's so amazing to me is that the moment you recognize that like a word of encouragement or a piece of advice that you shared with somebody has a positive impact or, you know, change the trajectory of their life in a positive way or their career. Um, it really becomes a part of who you are. Um, it's been driving me to do it more and more. And, you know, I have been blessed to have like some pretty special folks invested in my career and it's made a huge impact for me. So to me, it's like, Hey, pay that forward. Um, And I believe we all have something to offer. It doesn't, you don't have to be a manager or a leader. I think everyone has, has valuable insights and feedbacks that they can provide. So um, just a few of the ones that I'm working on now. So, and I'll run through them and I, I think it's really important. I'm just going to kind of read a little bit about their mission statements as well. Mm-hmm. Cause I think, you know, all of them are really great and there's so many out there. These are just a few that I've, I've joined um, built by girls and their mission is to uh, prepare the next generation of female and non-binary leaders to step boldly into careers powered by technology. And I have, mentored several college students through this program. Um, We answer questions, we help them expand their network of connections. And, you know, what's great about that is I've learned even more about some of the challenges that they are facing coming out into the working world, you know, post-college. So that's, that's been good for me because, you know, some of these girls have even come to Verizon. So, and it's, it's interesting as my daughter starts to enter that phase, right? I'm hearing some of the feedback that they're giving me with some of the challenges they face, you know, in college. And, you know, just general concern about, is this the right career path for me? You know, you know, because sometimes you, you don't have all the answers when you're 18, right? So it's, it's kind of <laughs> tough to come out of there. With Unfortunately you not. <laughs> exactly what you want to do. Um, <laughs> NEPRIS is another uh, organization. They work to connect 
educators and learners and a network of industry folks, and they try to bring real world career exposure to students. Um, Verizon does a lot of volunteer work with them. And we recently uh, hosted or moderated a panel um, and I was lucky enough to receive the section called Women in Engineering. So I was oh, like, awesome. well, great. I'm fully qualified to host this panel. So <laughs> it was a really great discussion. I had about eight other members from Verizon on there and we talked about our career growth. Um, you know, we had both men and women on there. So it was great to get both of their perspectives and stories. And everybody kind of shared positive words of encouragement. And then, you know, Nepris posts that that podcast or that, that video up on their website to share with, with the educator. So that, that was fantastic. Um, I work with another group called engineering girl, um, and they bring awareness and opportunities to girls and women to help them understand what's available to them in the field of engineering. Um, what I love about this is they have a section that I, I participate in regularly called, um, pose a question to an engineer, ask an engineer. Oh, nice. So it's, what's nice about it is, you know, if you're thinking about young girls um, in school and mm -hmm. trying to keep that momentum to keep them engaged in STEM, a lot of times they maybe have questions that, you know, they're in a school that doesn't have a lot of STEM activities and they don't know, or they're not sure, or, mm -hmm. you know, even if they do, maybe they're like, Hey, how do I figure out if this is the right field for me, or if I want to stick with this into college. And so it allows them this safe environment to kind of ask those questions that maybe you just kind of feel silly asking, mm -hmm. you know, in person or in front of somebody, but it's great because I mean, they run the gamut, like, um, you know, Will I be able to, I understand engineers work, you know, in a solitary environment. Well, you know, I'm very social. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's an interesting question, right? Yeah. Not all of us sit in a room by ourselves, but you know, it's <laughs> sometimes they need to know these questions and that'll help them make decisions. So it's great. There's a, you know, a bunch of people that in Verizon that participate. Um, you know, I see some of my colleagues answering some of the questions and then, you know, from other organizations too, as well. So it's interesting to get a bunch of different perspectives from mm -hmm. from that point of view and these kids feel safe asking and and it's a it's a really comfortable environment for them to to get the, that feedback and then my last one that i'll mention is an organization called NAF. that is a national network of education business and community leaders and they work together to ensure that high school students are college ready career and they call future ready so 2021 was the first time I actually volunteered uh, for this particular effort, and it's a six-week training program um, that takes, you know, high school interns through, you know, sort of like a, almost like a project, right? You know, start to finish, they have to get everything together, and they're given various steps and things that they have to deliver, and then at the end of the six-week time frame, you have a final presentation. Um, it was amazing to watch these kids grow like from the first meeting where, you know, all of them were, uh, you know, talking too softly on the video where somebody had their camera pointed up to the ceiling and, you know, we're kind of walking them through all the <laughs> logistics of being on Zoom and, and you know, running off camera and, you know, walking them through presenting to an audience, right, was mm -hmm. great and giving them that feedback. Obviously, they went for all the jazz and the PowerPoint with all the transitions and we're like, no, you got to take all those out. That's too showy. <laughs> you want to be taken seriously. And um, 
it really was, you know, you hope that they take away as much as I even got from them because a lot of it, mm-hmm. it's interesting. It, you know, it helps you learn how to give feedback and how to coach people. And like you said, lifting other people up. Uh, these kids were just so grateful because, you know, they definitely come from some underserved communities, right? And for them to have exposure to, you know, some of the folks at Verizon, some of the folks with um, with K- KPMG, who we partnered with to do this this effort, it was just amazing. And I would just like to say a shout out to our team because we actually walked away first place with the last presentation. Oh, very so, nice! Congrats! <laughs> yes, we were very excited. I think I shed a tear or two, and Aww. oh my gosh, then they they sent me all these follow up thank you notes, and you're just oh, it's 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 really is rewarding. That that was mm-hmm. really a, you know a great joy to be able to do that. So yeah. I I really enjoy that. Yeah, that sounds like a really cool opportunity, and mm-hmm. um, that's that's a great way to um, help kids with developing some soft skills as well. That sure. uh, you know can be challenging um, when they're just coming out of college. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know, and I, I love the ask an engineer. Um, I wish there was you know when I was younger, maybe just ask an adult. <laughs> I don't want to ask my mom this. Is there somebody else out there who could answer that? And and it's, I've been, you know, unfortunately I've been out of high school for for quite a bit now, but I I really did not have a lot of this and and technology was not Mm -hmm. so much in the forefront of our studies, right? Girls were kind of very limited as to where they thought they would go post high Mm -hmm. school. So, um, you know, that's why I'm thinking, hey, as much as I can throw at them and they're willing to take, I'm willing right. to, to give them that time uh, in between my technology projects, of course, you know, my, yes. Yes. my job is first and foremost. And <laughs> so but it is, it's very rewarding. And I agree with you. It's, um, it would be nice to have those those platforms to ask an adult. <laughs> Luckily, you know, Google's pretty robust now. So yeah. I can... even now as an adult <laughs> and a parent, I still sometimes have some questions. <laughs> Well, Sue, it's been a real pleasure speaking with you and um, thanks so much for sharing about um, just the work that you do and also uh, these different organizations that are really helping uh, the next generation. That's that's really exciting and um, good to hear that they're in good hands. Um, Mm -hmm. So thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you very much. It was a it was a pleasure and I'm glad to come back anytime you need me. (laughs) 